Good evening. How are you guys doing tonight? By the way, who, uh, who wants to be in San Diego when you can be in St. Louis on a day like this? This is uh, actually pretty amazing. Uh, loving the weather that we've had and um, really excited to be here tonight with you guys. Uh, we're going to start off doing something tonight that uh, I've never done before. I've never gotten as involved uh, in this way, but um, we're going to play a game. And the whole point of tonight's sermon is, is the power that, that lies in a name, specifically one name. So uh, getting into this whole topic of, uh, of what a name is, um, there's certain people who have done so many things, done great things, become so famous that they can be known just by saying their first name. So I'm going to go through a series of first names, and uh, as I say a name, I want you to throw out who you think I'm talking about. We'll see if we're on the same page here. Uh, the first name is this, Brittany. Okay, Chris, throw this up. Are we right? Yes, okay, good. We did get Britney Spears. By the way, I tried to find pictures of people on their best day, and uh, unfortunately, she's been through the ringer a little bit over the years. So, um, But okay, Brittany, first one, yes, good job. Second one, if I say Michael, I hear, I hear, a, big, I hear a big fight here. Okay, amidst the fight... So you see MJ, right? You see Michael Jordan. But for the sake of everybody else, Chris, why don't you throw up the next slide? Uh, we'll say he's up there too. By the way, taking him again on their best day, this is, this is like, this is classic Michael that everybody wants uh, to remember. The next name, uh, Elvis. Yes, Elvis, yes. Presley, thank you. Uh, next name, a little more, a little more honorable, uh, Rosa. Parks, there we go. I heard like one random name over here that it, maybe I'm missing. Uh, maybe there's another Rosa celebrity I, I didn't think about, but Rosa Parks for sure. Thank you. Uh, next name, Amelia. Earhart. Earhart. Although uh, Amelia Shell is in here tonight, she also could have made that. Or uh, let's, let's, let's stay on this path. What about Emilio? All right, keep that up there right here. One of the best 80s movies of all time. Uh, we, my wife and I had a, a contention about this next one. Uh, who do you think of if I say Ozzy? So you got the wizard, all right? But if you can put the next one up, my, I, I guess my wife's not much of an of a Ozzy Smith fan. Again, again, taking this on their best day, Ozzy, I think, has seen uh, a lot of bad days. But um, nonetheless, next one, LeBron. LeBron James, yes, of course. Yeah, we, we got the haters. This, is, this must not have happened after the uh, last championship. Uh, next name, th this is a classic, Ryan. There's, now, this is the most divisive one. I'm going with this, Ryan. Throw this up there. All right. That's one way to, to find out if the ladies are in the house. Um, now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This one seemed pretty obvious to me. Uh, when, when you're in a, a, a class like, you know, like Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, and when your name's Ryan and you can be just known by your first name, you have to be great for something. And Ryan uh, uh, Gosling is great at looking good. That's about as much as I can come up with. Um, hey, girl, himself. Um, okay, maybe a little more contention between the first service and the second service on this one. Uh, Justin. I hear some fighting. I hear some padding. Uh, all right, let's show of hands. Who says Timberlake? 
okay? Who says Bieber? They just didn't want to raise, the, it was way louder. They just didn't want to raise their hand. They, they, they know who they are. All right, put this next one up. Okay. But not to leave all you silent types uh, to, 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 to cry on your pillow. Uh, here's Justin Bieber. Of course, once again, on his best day, he's had a lot of, a lot of down days, I think, uh, recently. Um, okay, so names communicate a whole lot. Uh, thank you for taking uh, that boy down there. Uh, names can mean a whole lot. Um, it communicates who we are. It identifies who we are. It's, uh, it's a pretty awesome thing, especially when you think about people who've done really, really great things. And you just say the name, and automatically you begin to think about all the things that they've done, all the accomplishments uh, that they made. Uh, tonight, we're going to dive into the Ten Commandments once again, and we're going to look at specifically one commandment. Uh, in which uh, a name is everything, and specifically uh, God's name, who, who he is, uh, what it says about him, and what we should do with it. Uh, so it's going to be a fun journey. Um, why don't you guys open your Bibles to Exodus 20. Exodus 20. Uh, a whole lot of stuff has happened in the, books of, uh, in the book of Exodus. Um, we began with Abraham's family uh, in Egypt as slaves. Uh, the Lord came to them. He heard their groaning. He he sent Moses, he, he lifted up Moses as his man, uh, sent Moses back, he and his brother Aaron, they, they were the, the mouthpiece for the Lord as the Lord battled, he took on the gods of ancient Egypt, and eventually the Lord won, because that's what he does, and so uh, the Israelites were brought up out of Egypt, uh, through the Red Sea, into the wilderness, that's where we are now, but we know that, that it's in light of something that is to come, that this whole story isn't just going to stay in a wilderness, a day is going to come where the Lord brings them to the land flowing with milk and honey, the land of Canaan. And uh, Mark did a good job talking about this a couple weeks ago. It's, it's one of the busiest places in the entire world in that day. It's the connecting highway between Egypt and Mesopotamia. So if you want to plant your people uh, in the midst of a place where there's going to be a lot of influence, um, Canaan, the stretch of land where they're heading to, is as good of a place as any to send them. But before they get there, as Mark began last week, they have to be given something um, to bind them to the Lord. So, so there's this Mosaic covenant that the Lord institutes. He, he, he doesn't give it to them as a way to earn his love or relationship. He's already saved them. But then after he saved them, he's giving them these rules, these guidelines, this covenant by which they can ex, uh, exercise covenant faithfulness. Um, I think it's, it's, it's out here in the middle of the wilderness that, that they're going to figure out who they are, who the Lord is, and what it takes to live out as a witness for him when they get to where he's bringing them. So uh, pray with me real quick, and then we'll get into this. Father, we thank you uh, for this night. Thank you for this beautiful day, and we pray that tonight would be uh, just another opportunity to worship you and to proclaim your name. Please be with us and show us the power of your name tonight that we may uh, proclaim it even louder when we leave this place. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Exodus 20. Uh, if you guys have been around here for a while, you know that we preach verse by verse through the Bible. Tonight uh, actually is an opportunity just to preach verse because we're only doing one. So Exodus 20, uh, verse 7, this is all we're going to do. It says this, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Pretty straightforward in some ways. Very, very broad and mysterious in other ways. And I think we're going to get to the heart of... Uh, of what this is about tonight. So looking at this verse right away, first couple things that, that stick out. You shall not take 
uh, the name of the Lord your God in vain. This word take, um, it's, it's, a, it's a Hebrew verb called nasah, which means to lift up. So you shall not lift up the name of the Lord your God in vain. Already, there's some worshipful connotations to this, like they would lift up a, an offering or lift up a prayer to the Lord. You shall not lift up the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's one way to see it. Another way is you shall not bear the name of the Lord your God in vain. Um, to lift, to cold, to bear, to, to, to carry the weight of, of the name of the Lord, I think is a broader, a broader understanding of this. Tonight we're going to see that there, there are some very narrow ways to interpret this vocally and what you do with your mouth and how you, how you bless the Lord, how you, how you take the Lord's name uh, rightly. And there's also some really, really broad implications as well. So we're going to see that as we keep going. But it says also, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Um, this word vain, uh, most of you, if you're not born like 10 years ago, are thinking of like a song called You're So Vain. You know, it's uh, you're so empty, you're so selfish. Um, it does literally mean either empty or false. You're so false. Uh, actually, I should stop quoting that song and trying to like uh, exegete the verse. But, but in this passage, uh, taking the name of the Lord your God in an empty way or in a false way uh, is what's being said here. I would rephrase this first part. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord because it says this, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Pretty heavy statement. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. The specific implications of what that means, nobody exactly knows. Um, but what we can say, what we can assume from it, is that the, by virtue of the punishment, the, the expected result of what would happen if you break this, uh, we can know that the Lord cares a whole lot about his name. He cares a whole lot about how his people use his name and what his name means to his people in the world around him. So we have a, a, a lot of ground to cover tonight. I, I never would have thought that one verse would actually press you for time, but uh, the more and more we get into this, I think we'll, um, we'll see how this fleshes out. There's three questions that we're going to ask tonight. Three, three things we're going to ask that, that in answering those, I think it's going to give us a good surrounding understanding of, of, of what are we supposed to do in light of this. The first question that I want to bring up is, is this slide, Chris says, what is so important about God's name? If you were here a couple months ago, Mark preached through Exodus 3, what it says this, Exodus 3, uh, verses 13 through 15, says, then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Uh, in, in God revealing his name, I am, the, the Yahavehah, the, the yod heh vad the Tetragrammaton, this, this I am. Um, he's revealing the most personal nature of who he is, the most personal character, uh, the way of summing up who he is, what his attributes are. In this ancient time, to, for somebody to know somebody else's name was, it wasn't to have a leg up on them, but it was a way to, to, to step onto the same plane as them. You see that play out now. Maybe there's people that you meet and you see on a weekly basis, there's people that you interact with, that, um, that it, it's all casual and a good acquaintance until one of you reaches out and says, hey man, my name is my name's Jared, what's yours? It gets personal all of a sudden. So the Lord, in revealing his name to Moses, says, my name is I am 
who I am. Or it could also be translated, I am what I am, or I will be what I will be, or I will cause to be what I will cause to be. So there is an extremely um, amazing amount of power behind God's name. The definition of himself is, is something that cannot be um, contained in, in, into a jar. It can't be um, withheld into a box. It, it can't be pinned down. It's something that's bigger than all of us. So the Lord reveals that. Um, Isaiah 42, 8 says this about the Lord's name. Uh, the Lord himself says, he says, I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Pretty amazing thing to think about that this is, that verse, by the way, it's about 500 years at minimum away from when this commandment was given last week to not worship idols. So it's crazy that the Lord is still mercifully beckoning them to not worship their idols. But, but he identifies himself, his own name is identifying the sole object of their worship, right? Worship me and worship me rightly. Call me by my name. Don't worship these other gods, these other things with other names. I thought this was pretty interesting. Philippians 2 Uh, Verses 8 through 11, read this. It says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Pretty awesome that God actually gives Jesus his own name. I'm sure that actually if it's the name that, that, that is above all other names, that the Lord can only be that name. No name is higher than that. So, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What's so important about a name? It seems to me that so far in the story, Genesis through Exodus and on through Israel, God is reclaiming the entire creation under the banner of his name. So the Lord is, is, you see it with Abraham in Genesis 12 and 13, that everywhere he goes, that he sets up altars to the Lord, like he's, he's sticking God's flag into the ground, that, that God is actually undoing the effects of the curse in Genesis 3 by having his people, his, this family of Abraham, his children, bear his name onto the world and claim it back for, for the Lord. There's so many things to, uh, to unpack tonight. Um, what is so important about God's name? We're going to back that up with another question. Second question would be this. What shouldn't we do with God's name? Okay, so uh, the Lord says here in the, in the third commandment, he says, don't take my name in vain. So there are many, many things that that could mean, many wide possibilities. Here are a couple, and, and here's the deal. In all of this, um, this list could be so much more expansive than what I'm giving right now. You're probably thinking of your own as we go along, but I want to encourage you to, to let this sink into your heart. What shouldn't we do with God's name? Uh, one thing I think of is speak it inappropriately. Uh, you've seen how the Lord's name has become an expletive, like in our culture. Uh, uh, this, it, it's become a curse word, unfortunately. And I was talking on the phone with one of my uh, guys that I'm discipling earlier, and he, he noted, he's, we thought it was really funny, that actually the world around us seems to actually adopt the Lord's name much more in certain situations than believers do, just not for the right reasons, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, why, why do we allow his name um, to be spoken inappropriately? Why do we turn it into something that, um, that it's not? So I've been in church my whole life, um, since I was born and started playing on worship teams. I think I was eight or nine years old. I was in the third grade. And so it's just been 
a lifestyle of volunteering at church. And after high school, I went into full-time ministry. I've been in full-time ministry for about 20 years. And um, over the years, just in ministry and in church, just started realizing that a whole lot of emphasis was being placed on my gifts, but not so much just me as a person. It got to the point where you kind of felt manipulated sometimes and the Lord's name was being used in vain in the way of like kind of pressure, you know, like, hey, this is for the Lord, man. This is, uh, this is for the gospel. And, and that's great. I understand that. But at the same time, I'm a person uh, way beyond my gifts and talents. And so the, the dangerous thing about that is just it, it perpetuates this insecurity or arrogance in your heart where, where your gift uh, is, is, is so valued, you know. And that definitely happened to me, and it, it became a full-on idol in my life. And God asked me to do a really painful thing. He asked me to fast music for a year. And a friend of mine come, was kind of listening to my story, and he's like, man, he's like, the Lord asked me to, to fast music for a year. Maybe he would, he would have you do that. And as soon as he said it, it was like an arrow in my heart. I was like, God, please don't ask me to fast music. Because it was, it was who I was, you know, like, who am I if I don't have a guitar in my hand or if I'm not singing? And, and that's sad. And so, sure enough, the Lord asked me to do that, and um, we went on a pretty painful journey for a while. And I didn't listen to music, I didn't play music, didn't write music, and um, honestly would come to church late so I didn't have to sit through the worship. And, um, but after a while, after six or seven months, I got to a really beautiful place where that idol was gone, it was me and God, and, and I honestly just didn't care about it anymore <laughs> in a really beautiful way. And um, it's just... Um, it was so amazing when we came to Matthias because that manipulation wasn't there. That, that burden wasn't there to use my gifts. The first time we met with Mark, uh, my wife and I sat down for lunch with him. And he's like, look, man, I watched your videos. I know what you do. And he's like, I just want you to know we're okay if your gift never shows up in our church. And we just broke down and started crying. <laughs> it was just amazing to, um, he's like, man, we just want to shepherd you. We just want to love on your family. And if your gifts show up, great. If they don't, we're fine. And that's, um, that's a beautiful thing to, to just know that you're loved that you're valued and uh, I know now that I'm Nate Edmonds child of God first and foremost and I just so happen to play music my gift doesn't define who I am and that's that's a pretty beautiful thing pretty awesome uh, story we appreciate uh, appreciate Nate and Dana and their family and uh, and thanks also to Victoria Patterson for putting that uh, video together and uh, using some of her awesomeness um, we, we know you're more than your gift, but at the same time, we, we want to say thank you. So, um, yeah, I mean, Nate, Nate said it beautifully. How many people who are supposed to be the, the torchbearers for God's name have looked at you and essentially said, the sum total of your worth is what you can do for me? I don't think that's, that's any even closely related to the love that, that, that we're called to embody in Scripture, where we value people so much, not because of what they've done or, or their gifts or talents. Um, we actually love people in spite of every reason that we shouldn't love them because Jesus loved them and showed us the example of what it means to lay ourselves down. So, again, leadership misrepresenting uh, the authority of God's name. Uh, here's, here's another issue within the authority piece. Excusing away fruitlessness. Excusing away personal fruitlessness. Maybe I haven't exhibited any fruit in some area of my life, uh, but something's really appealing, and then I, uh, I, I approach somebody, and we're talking about maybe future plans and all that stuff, and, and then I throw out the God card, and I say, well, you know what? I feel the deal. God has told me to do this, X, Y, Z. Again, I want to be careful to, to not say that um, that never is the case, because I would actually be 
not just a big fat jerk, but I would be like going against my, my whole deal here because I don't know what God's doing in your life. I don't know what he's prepared you for. I don't know what his plans are for you. But at the end of the day, the Lord's name is not a trump card that we can just throw on to things um, to excuse away ways in which we've dropped the ball, ways in which we um, haven't worked as hard. Um, actually, the, the fact that we've been given this kind of grace enables us to work harder uh, for the sake of him. Uh, last thing under this whole issue of misrepresenting the authority of God's name uh, is falsely embodying God's name in leadership and marriage. Uh, we talked about the leadership piece a few moments ago, but um, I had a professor one time who was preaching at a conference, and it was a conference on, I think, gender roles in marriage or something like that from the Bible, and uh, about halfway through the conference, this, uh, this I'm just going to like describe him even worse than what he is, this like Oscar the Grouch looking, you know, old man, really mean, uh, he stands up and, and he interrupts the whole thing, this, this literally did happen, and he said, I'm leaving, but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And he just, took, he just took off. Like, how unbelievably rude is that? So the old man that I know, who is, you know, a wise old man, giving this presentation, giving this, uh, giving this lecture, he basically, I think, kind of, uh, like, just kept going. I don't know how you pick up from that. That's kind of a strange, uh, a strange interruption. But he kept going. He finished his deal. And afterwards, he was talking to people, meeting people up front. This woman came up to him, and she said, thank you for everything you just said. That man is my husband, and he hasn't said a kind word to me in 10 years. And that's a true story. And I, I don't know what it's like to be a wife. Okay, I'll, I'll never have to know that. But I know that as a, a part of, as a part of the bride of Christ, Jesus has never done anything to make, uh, to give me good reason not to trust his leadership. Matter of fact, every, every way in which he seems to provide more and more grace upon grace upon grace, it's only intensified my desire to even become better at submitting, which I'm terrible at with him. So, with God's name, may we not uh, misrepresent its authority. It's another way to take his name in vain. Last thing uh, that we shouldn't do with God's name that I see here is uh, pray as if it has no authority. So we have to be careful to not, um, in trying to not abuse the name or misuse it on this side, we can't avoid that by going all the way over on this side and say, well, I'm just not going to invoke the, the name of the Lord at all. I'm just going to go on kind of back here and, and I'm going to like ride the back seat, just do my thing. Uh, I'll say God's name when I have to, but I really don't want to do any, I don't want to break it, so I'm not going to mess with it kind of thing. That's a terrible uh, uh, reaction to have against it. There's so many ways uh, in which this can play out in our prayer lives. And this is as convicting for, for me as, as it will be for you, maybe. Um, first thing that, the, that has to do with prayer is, is um, we thank God and we don't mean it. How often do you sit down and, and do something as simple as, you know, pray over your meal and you, you, know, you say, God, I'm, I'm thankful for this, you know, for this meal. You know, you kind of keep going. And I wonder how often we just say that because it's what we feel like we have to say, you know. Like God's going to spite us. He's, he's not going to hold us guiltless if we don't thank him for this double cheeseburger from Wendy's, okay. Um, come on, like it, do we really mean what we say when we say that? I think if, um, if our hearts and our minds actually spoke out what we truly feel, it would be a very different prayer life, you know. I mean, God, I'm, I'm, um, so I'm here. We got some food. Um, I worked pretty hard for it. Uh, I'm going to sit down and enjoy this double cheeseburger and probably fries and a Frosty also from Wendy's. And I, I'm just going to take this in. And, um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's really good that it's here. You were a part of that somehow, maybe, because, like, you created me. So I guess, you know, thank you. Um, no, it would, we absolutely would sound like a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of buffoons or think of some other name to throw in with that. Um, if, if this actually played out like that. Thanking God and not meaning it. May we not take his name in vain by thanking him vainly. Uh, another thing, prayer-wise, not, uh, not calling out his name when we should. Not calling out his name when we should. We have to be careful in, in trying to live a level of humility with the Lord that we don't begin to approach the throne of God um, as, as people who don't deserve to be there. Like we can pray to the Lord, forgetting that somehow we, by the blood of Jesus, have been given the right to be there. So next time we step forward to pray, you know, you, you're lifting something up, and it's, you know, dear God, I, dear God, I just, uh, I, I just pray um, here on this day that that you, you know, that you might, with, if it's within your will, um, that you might just do this thing. I, I hope it's in your will. I don't know. You're just, you're gonna just say it. You know what I'm saying? Just get to it. Let the Holy Spirit figure out what you need to grow in prayer-wise. But don't uh, fail to call out the name of the Lord when, um, when you should. Uh, last thing in the saying formula is to manipulate God for his benefits. If, if, we, can, if we can just get what we want by, by invoking God's name, by, by saying God's name, um, oh, Lord, and then we can just fill in the blank, you know, we have a blank check on that. If we can do that, then he's really not God. You know, which one is actually God in the scenario if he's there just to do our bidding? Um, do you care more about the name or the gift? So we've gone through two questions so far. What is important, um, so important about God's name? Second thing, what shouldn't we do with God's name? Uh, last question we're going to wrestle with is what should we do with God's name? This is a huge, huge, huge thing. What are, you, you know, what are you supposed to do when you have this name of the Lord, which is the name above all names, and somehow you have access to that, but you know, how should it be used rightly? I kicked this around for days and days and had no idea what to actually land on because there are so many answers that, that could be said in this. How you worship, how you pray, how you, how you love, all these things. But an analogy hit me on Sunday that I think might, might do the trick. Um, so picture this, picture this, you're a bride on, a, on your wedding day, and you're standing at the altar, and as the minister or whatever is reading out the things that you're going to say, the vows and all that stuff, um, you look at your to-be husband, and uh, he looks at you and says, I'm giving you my name, don't take my name in vain. What do you think he would mean if he said that? I've read this verse for years and years and years, I don't think I've ever, ever thought of it like that until three days ago. The fact that God um, doesn't just say his name, like we don't just learn his name, he gives us his name. If we believe in Jesus on the basis of our faith, that we're actually born into this family, that it's not just, it's not just Israel, we don't have to, to just be born by blood into the right family, that we get to be a part of God's family, that he takes us on. Galatians 4 uh, says it even better this way. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive 
adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. We've been given his name. We've, we've been turned into sons and daughters of the living God. But it's, 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 just, like, it's just like the wedding or, or, or just like being a kid who's adopted. And, and you're approached by, by, by somebody who will deliver you into the, um, the best life possible, far above anything you can imagine with him. But then they say, I'm giving you my name. I'm giving you everything. Don't take my name in vain. Don't bear my name in vain. Don't, don't just wear the jersey and take it off. Keep it with you. You're going to have to learn how to bear it. That, that, that's, I'm, we're going to be there for that. I'm going, to, I'm going to walk with you in that. But bear my name well. You see how this would come out to play for a, a whole nation of people who are on their way to a promised land where the whole, their whole modern world is going to be driving through. They're going to be influenced by this um, this group of people who are living out the name of the Lord. So what should we do with God's name? We should bear it. We should reflect God's character, be a witness to it for others. Cry out to him. Proverbs 18 says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. We have access to that. We should stop living as if we don't have access to the biggest, strongest tower ever known to mankind. Proclaim his name as a son and daughter. You're not worshiping here tonight if you believe in Jesus as somebody who is far off, as somebody who, who sort of deserves to be here, but, but you're going to figure out the rest. No, every one of us in Christ are here to worship in spirit and in truth. And that means that there are no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So we can worship not in condemnation because of anything that we've done, but because of what he's given to us, because he's given to us this great and wonderful and powerful and merciful name. The best way I could sum it all up is just by saying these three statements. We've been given a new name by the one whose name is above all names, by King Jesus. So we bear his name wherever he takes us. We bear his name wherever he takes us. And here's the struggle to me um, for the believer. So believers in the room, people who confess Jesus, people who've been walking with him, the difficulty is, is years later to still fight to believe that his name is as powerful as he says it is. To still fight to believe that, that, that you believe in the name that's above all names, that, that even though certain things may seem like they win now, that, that, that you're proclaiming a name that is undefeatable, unstoppable. For the believer, do you still believe in this name? Do you believe more in this name? Has, has life brought you to a place where you need this name to be the name that you proclaim? Because it's the best name. And to everybody else, to the non-believer, to, to the person who's walked in here even, even trying to just figure this out, you can't bear the name, you can't proclaim the name, you, you, you can't even begin to taste and see that, that the Lord is good and that all of this is real until you call out his name, until you accept his name, until you accept his name as, as your way into new life, the, the meaning of life, the absolute key to life, true life, is believing in the Lord and receiving his name, believing that maybe, just maybe, he does love you. And by the way, he knows everything about you. 
more than you do. So tonight we have an opportunity to respond. And it's, it's an entire church response. Maybe you need to sit back and think about all the ways in which maybe you've, you've forgotten or misplaced his name or, or once said something but then backed away. You got burned by somebody in, in leadership. And, and so then you've, you've basically shied away from saying that there's any power in any of that. Call back out to him. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you, James says. If you've never called out the name of the Lord, if you've, if you've never publicly stood up and said, this is my king, there's no other name by which men can be saved, says Acts 4, I desire to follow Jesus the rest of my life. I desire to proclaim that name no matter what it costs me. If you desire to do that tonight, the baptismal is ready and the offer is true. You can be baptized tonight. You can proclaim your faith in front of all these brothers and sisters, even if you've believed for a little while but never had that opportunity to take that step and say, this is who I am now. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of the king. So we have an opportunity tonight to respond. There's some leaders, if you're specifically thinking about being baptized, if you'd like to talk uh, to somebody about that, um, if you'd like to do that, we've got leaders in the back that we'd like you, like you to go see in the back corner. They're there. They want to pray with you. They want to hear your story. They, they want to help you figure this out. We've got a few minutes to hear your story and then, and then do this thing. So we have an opportunity to, to celebrate some pretty amazing things tonight. And here's the deal. Even if nobody comes forward, God will receive absolute glory from this. He is who he is, and he will not be robbed of his glory no matter what we do. If you desire to respond, there are people there waiting for you. So may he give us enough faith to believe that, that he really did give us a new name. That he really did adopt us. That he really did take us in himself. And then in believing that, that he, empowered by the Spirit, has, has given us this calling to wherever we go, whatever we do, whoever we're with, that we, that we can lift up this name, that we can proclaim, that we can testify to this great name by which we're saved. Pray that you'd be able to, to honor Jesus more in what you do and that people would see that and that they would, too, get a chance to respond to that name, to turn to that name. And thank you guys so much for being here tonight. It's, uh, it's such a privilege to, to be the church with you.